It's the 15th of January, and we are reading through the Bible together. This is the one-year Bible tour. My name is David McAdam, and I want you to know that these commentaries are available by email, and you can subscribe by going to our website, www.newlife.org. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E dot O-R-G. But it's my pleasure to read through the scriptures with you. And we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 31 today from the ESV translation, beginning with verse 17. So Jacob arose and set his sons and his wives on camels. He drove away all his livestock, all his property that he had gained, the livestock in his possession that he had acquired in Padan Aram, to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. And Jacob tricked Laban the Aramean by not telling him that he intended to flee. He fled with all that he had, and arose and crossed the Euphrates, and set his face towards the hill country of Gilead. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days, and followed close after him into the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night, and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And Laban overtook Jacob. Now Laban had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban with his kinsmen pitched tents in the hill country of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done, that you have tricked me, and driven away my daughters like captives of the sword? Why did you flee secretly and trick me, and did not tell me, so that I might have sent you away with mirth and songs, with tambourine and lyre? And why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away because you longed greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters away from me by force. Anyone with whom you find your gods shall not live. In the presence of our kinsmen, point out what I have that is yours, and take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went into Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the tent of the two female servants, but he did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent, and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods, and put them in the camel's saddle, and sat on them. Laban felt all about the tent, but did not find them. And he said to her father, Let not my lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the way of women is upon me. So he searched, but did not find the household gods. Then Jacob became angry and berated Laban. Jacob said to Laban, What is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? For you have felt through all my goods. What have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen, that they may decide between us two. These twenty years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. What was torn by wild beast I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. 
From my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. By day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands, and rebuked you last night. Then Laban answered and said to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. But what can I do this day for these my daughters, or for these children whom they have borne? Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let there be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsmen, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jagar Sahadutha, but Jacob called it Galid. Jacob said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. Therefore he named it Galid and Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watch between you and me when we are out of one another's sight. If you oppress my daughters, or if you take wives beside my daughters, although no one is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and the pillar which I have set between you and me? This heap is a witness, and the pillar is a witness, that I will not pass over this heap to you, and you will not pass over this heap and this pillar to me, to do harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac, and Jacob offered a sacrifice in the hill country, and called his kinsmen to eat bread. They ate bread and spent the night in the hill country. Early in the morning Laban arose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban departed and returned home. Chapter 32 Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau his brother in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, and female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord, in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you, and there are four hundred men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him, and the flocks and the herds and the camels, into two camps, thinking, if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, that I may do you good. 
I am not worthy of the least of all the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mothers with the children. But you said, I will surely do you good, and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. In this episode, Jacob is coming to realize that apart from God's grace, he would be destroyed. He's experiencing God's favor because of a covenant made with another, that is Abraham. This is a pattern we will see throughout the Bible. It mirrors the fact that God shows us favor because of a legal agreement, a covenant, made with another, that is, Jesus Christ, who has negotiated peace on our behalf through his shed blood on the cross. Despite being shown God's favor, Jacob is still fearful and acts deceptively. He's fearful that he's going to be found out and punished by his father-in-law, Laban, and so he sneaks away toward the home of his parents without allowing Laban to say goodbye to his daughters and grandchildren. Laban's intention to harm Jacob is averted because God has intervened on his behalf. In a dream, God warned Laban, the Aramean, to be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. In chapter 31, verse 29, the Lord was saying, Jacob is mine, let me deal with him. Jacob confesses to Laban, If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, had not been for me, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God has seen my affliction and the toil of my hands, so he rendered judgment last night. Jacob realizes that it is God, not his fearful scheming, that has preserved him. Peace has been negotiated on his behalf. He is also fearful at the prospect of meeting his brother Esau, whom he has cheated out of his birthright and inheritance. Jacob seeks to win Esau's favor. When he travels through Esau's territory, he arranges a procession with possessions he considers most disposable positioned in the front in case he is attacked by Esau. Jacob should not have been afraid. He had heard God's word. He had seen the host of angels, God's camp in Genesis 32. He need not fear Esau's host when he was surrounded by a heavenly host. This is similar to an incident we will read in Second Kings when the great army of the Arameans had surrounded the armies of Israel. In Second Kings chapter 6, verse 14, we read, Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servants said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Despite having God's promise and having seen angels camping around him, Jacob was afraid of meeting Esau face to face. Jacob is panicked and distressed. Up until this point, the Lord has taken the initiative to call out to Jacob. Now Jacob calls out to the Lord. In Genesis 32, verses 9 to 12, Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, 
O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your relatives, and I will prosper you. I am unworthy of all the loving kindness and of all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with my staff only I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he will come and attack me and the mothers with the children. For you said, I will surely prosper you and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which is too great to be numbered. Our reading ends with this cliffhanger. What will happen to Jacob? How will Esau treat him? Stay tuned for the next exciting episode of Jacob, the inexplicable manifestations of God's grace towards the undeserving sinner. And now we read from the New Testament book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 24, through chapter 11, verse 6. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father? But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever receives you receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet, will receive a prophet's reward, and the one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water, because he is a disciple, truly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Chapter 11 When Jesus had finished instructing his twelve disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in their cities. Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come? or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. In this New Testament passage, the Lord Jesus reminds us to not be afraid when we're being pressed by trials and persecution, we must keep an eternal perspective. 
fear God, and don't fear man. Do not fear those who kill the body but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God is sovereign. His eye is on the sparrow. Know that he watches and cares for you. In Matthew 10.29-31 Jesus calls for a bold confession. Do not be ashamed of him or disown him, or he will be ashamed of you and disown you before his Father in heaven. A bold confession is reasonable in the light of who Jesus is and what he has done. There is a cost for identifying with Christ. You may be disliked and disowned by family members. If a person is not willing to suffer loss of temporal approval of family, they have not truly recognized who Jesus is. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is not teaching that his followers should dishonor their parents or provoke conflicts at home. He's teaching that to know him as he truly is, Lord and Savior, requires a decision. When we adopt his values, his morals, his goals, his purposes and commands, we will inevitably be put at odds with others. John the Baptist was put in prison for preaching the truth and denouncing the relationship that Herod Antipas was having with Herodias, his brother's wife. One of the prophecies of the Messiah was that he would set the captive free. John remained in prison for a long time. We can imagine that he was somewhat discouraged and needed assurance that Jesus was truly the Messiah. Jesus does not respond saying, Yes, I am the Messiah. Instead, he points John to the authority of the Scriptures and the Messianic prophecies that the Messiah would heal the blind, lame, deaf, leprous, and raise the dead. In Isaiah 29, verses 18 to 19, and Isaiah 35, verses 4 to 6, and chapter 61, verses 1 to 2. Jesus was clearly fulfilling those prophecies. Therefore, John was to believe based on Scripture's authority. Reading the book of Psalms. To the choir master, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord, because he has dealt bountifully with me. As we read this psalm, beginning with How Long, O Lord?, is it any wonder that our God is often referred to as the God of the eleventh hour? Deliverance is not always instantaneous. The psalmist reports that he needs patience and understanding. But notice the psalm's climax. It no longer matters when. He knows his deliverance is sure. In verse 5 and 6, But I have trusted in your loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. And now reading again from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. Long life is in her hand, in her left hand are riches and honor. 
Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. The writer of Proverbs continues to extol the virtues of wisdom, personified as a woman. We must personally relate to wisdom's instruction and walk in the light of her counsel. True success is to do the will of God from the heart. This is the key to happiness. Let's pray. Father, help us to recognize the self-sabotaging patterns of our old Jacobean nature and help us to put those patterns to death by reminding us to walk in the Spirit. Cause us to realize the covenant promises you have given in your word, a covenant that has been ratified with the shed blood of your Holy Son, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you loved us and gave yourself for us. You paid for our sins, assured us of your forgiveness and your unfailing presence. Help us to so fear you in holy reverence that we will not fear what others might think or do. Holy Spirit, cause us to be bold witnesses for Christ, loving you, the triune God, more than our own lives, our own reputations, our own flesh and blood relations, and our own dreams and aspirations. Help us this day to glorify your name, and we ask this in the merits of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining with us today in our Bible reading tour. We welcome your comments and questions as we engage with God's Word together. Let us know how you're getting on by shooting us an email at podcast at newlife.org. Many tell us that they benefit from getting a free daily email with a written copy of our commentary on each day's Bible readings with the provided illustrations, maps, and charts. You can subscribe to this free service at our website, newlife.org. Also, we want to encourage you to find others to join with you in this goal of reading the scriptures through in a year. By subscribing or following this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, you can be notified of each day's posting. You can stay with us or proceed at your own pace, catching up by listening to past episodes. So until next time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Shalom.